0: Welcome all of you. My name is John Trapp. I'm the senior pastor here at Christ the King. Merry Christmas. It is so good to see all of you here this afternoon. A particular welcome if you're uh, new to Christ the King. Maybe you're visiting folks from, um, maybe you're out of town. We're just glad that you're here and want you to experience the welcome of King Jesus here at our congregation. So thanks for being here with us. Uh, To catch you up a little bit on what we've been doing in preparation for Christmas this season as a church we've looked at five women in Jesus's genealogy it's very odd that a genealogy in the first century would have women listed in it and yet Jesus has five and we've looked at as we've studied them we've discovered that god in the bible presents himself as a god who associates with all sorts of people that he associates with the marginalized with the immoral He associates with outsiders, with sinners, with victims of others' sin. And briefly tonight, I want you to see that in Mary, he associates with people whose lives feel completely chaotic. So let me read again from Matthew 1. We'll begin in verse 1 and then skip down to verse 18. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, verse 16, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who was called Christ. Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but these words of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Father, we do give you thanks that you have given us your word, and we, help, uh, we pray that you would help us now to see Jesus in it and our need for him and your gracious provision. And we ask all this in his name. Amen. So it was six years at the trap house in Alabama. We were visiting my mom and my dad, and it was Christmas Eve. And I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but we were running behind on Christmas Eve to get everyone to the Christmas Eve service. And we were scrambling. We had kind of gotten everyone finally in their Christmas outfits. We were we're going to just be this great, cute family walking into the Christmas service. And everything was put together just perfectly. And right as we were about to load up everyone in the car, we heard a blood-curdling scream coming from the basement. So I ran down the steps to find our oldest son, Owen, who was five at the time, screaming on the stairs, because as he had run up to come to church, he had tripped and fallen on his tooth on the step, and I won't describe any more than that except to tell you that. And also to say that instead of going to the church, we went to the emergency room on Christmas Eve. What we thought was going to be this wonderful, peaceful day and experience ended up being thrown into utter chaos. And as I look at this story, I can't help but think that's maybe what Mary felt like. And if you know anything about the theology of this church, one of the things that we talk about, if you don't know, one of the things we talk about a lot here is that God is in control of everything. We really believe that God is Lord over all things. But the tricky part about that theology then is well, what about the chaos? What about the chaos in my life or in the lives of people that I love and that I care about? If God is in control, why is he letting this happen? Why does he usher in this chaos and allow it to happen? Well, it's it's curious in in Luke, what what was read for us earlier, when Gabriel appears to Mary, do you hear what he said to her? Greetings, O favored one. Now, from that point on, After he tells her, greetings, O favored one, we would kind of imagine, man, Mary's life, she's favored by God. Her life's going to be great. She's probably going to be really healthy for most of her life. She's probably going to be really wealthy for all of her life. She's probably going to have a great cush life because she has God's favor. But pretty much from that point on, after he says, greetings, O favored one, Mary's life spirals into chaos. So perhaps you're looking at your own life and you see the chaos and the uncertainty. Perhaps you've experienced rejection and you wonder, why is God doing this to me? Why does he allow this chaos? And I want you to see briefly tonight that he actually does it to his own mother. The mother of God, at his conception... Jesus' conception, his mother's life was spun into uncertainty, rejection, and chaos. Just think about it. Look at look again at, at Matthew 1. Mary, we see is she's betrothed to be married. Everything's kind of working in her life. Everything is on the right track. And then she's visited by this angel, and she's told that she's going to be with child. And then the angel explains this. Well, I'm sorry. Then Mary has to go and explain this to Joseph. And I want you to kind of imagine what that conversation must have been like. Joseph, I've got some news for you. I'm pregnant. But it's okay. Trust me on this one. The Holy Spirit conceived a child in me. Joseph would have had no category for this. Joseph probably thought Mary was off her rocker. And now Joseph has this decision, am I going to believe this preposterous thing that this woman that I'm betrothed to is telling me, or not? Mary not only has to explain this to Joseph, but now all the people, I mean, Bethlehem's a small town. Can you imagine what the town gossips had to say about Mary? Did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant. She's saying that this is some work of God. I don't know about that. I don't know. 14-year-old girl betrothed to Joseph the carpenter? Why would she be so special? Why would God do this? No, it's very likely that for Mary, this news ended up being an embarrassment to her, at least in her neighborhood, very likely spun her life into chaos. We can see here even with Joseph that he's planning to divorce her. It's ruining her relationship with him. And often following God, following God can feel like going into chaos. Perhaps you have felt that. You felt maybe rejection, or maybe you felt uncertainty, Or maybe you've seen even this year your life spin into chaos. Some of you have felt this in your families. You felt the chaos of 2020 and 2021 in your own families, in your marriages, in your relationships. Perhaps you feel chaos in the workplace. Perhaps you've lost a job or your your job is just utterly chaotic all the time because of everything that's happening in our economy Or perhaps you'd feel the chaos of the 24-7 news cycle that's swirling around you constantly and the chaos of social media and the chaos of fake news. Or perhaps you've, this year, had to deal with the chaos of a scary medical diagnosis or the chaos of mental illness. And the question that this leads us to is, what what do we do when our life is chaotic? Well, oftentimes for us, if you're anything like me, when you feel the chaos of life pressing in on you, what you want to do is you want to make it stop. You want to end the chaos. You want to distance yourself from the chaos as much as you possibly can. Joseph decides to do this. Verse 19, what is Joseph going to do? Mary is bringing all this chaos into his life. Joseph is going to divorce her quietly. But here's the deal. We can try to distance ourselves from chaos, but one day it's coming. No matter how much security financially we have no matter how smart we are no matter how much we accumulate for ourselves no matter how beautiful we are or socially savvy we are we cannot hold chaos at bay for forever it's going to break into our lives and so the question that that leads us to is well why then why then should i trust the one who's in control if he's allowing this chaos into my life why should i trust him And the reason I would say that you need to consider to trust this God that the Bible presents to us is seen here in these names. The names that the angel tells Joseph to give this child. The first name, he says, is call him Jesus. Jesus. Jesus literally means Yahweh saves. God saves saves. When this boy is born, here's what you're going to call him. Here's what I want you to remember, that it's God who saves. Your hope, Mary, your hope, Joseph, in the midst of all this chaos is not that you would save yourself, not that you would distance yourself from the chaos, not that you would pick yourself up by the bootstraps and figure it out. Your hope is that it's God who's at work, God who's at work to save his people. And friends, here's what this means. It means that on your worst day, God is at work. The worst year of your life, God is at work. The worst moments of your life. Moments that, that really, if you, if you were to speak about them, you would be scared. Those moments, God is at work. God is at work because Jesus saves. That's our hope. So why trust him? If he's at work, why trust him in the midst of our chaos? Well, consider the second name. Not only does God say, but God is Emmanuel with us. He's with us. So when we took Owen to the emergency room, and he was probably afraid. Kids, I want you to imagine, you thought you were going to church for Christmas and you're gonna come home and have so much fun. Instead, you're in the emergency room with your mom and dad. What's going on? He's maybe a little bit afraid. And the problem was, you know, you got a five-year-old who's upset. They're about to um, have like a little surgery, a little operation, maybe put them under for a second. You can't explain to them everything that's about to happen. You can't explain it all. But for our child, and if, if you've been in this situation too, maybe, you, maybe you'll understand, why why then would you agree to let the surgery happen? Because you're with somebody who loves you and wants to take care of you. Even though you can't explain as a parent all the reasons why, look, you're about to get a shot and you're not gonna like it and you're gonna have an IV and it's not gonna be pleasant and this is gonna make you cry, but just trust me because we're at work. We're at work because we love you. And we want to take care of you. Why trust Jesus? He is Emmanuel. God with us. And while he may not explain every single detail of what's happening in our chaotic life, let me tell you, there is no other God. There is no other God who steps into the chaos and becomes a person He becomes a person to save us from the chaos. He becomes a person, he's born into a chaotic world with a 14-year-old mother who can't afford to put him in a room. He's born in a manger. He's born into a chaotic world with a king who wants to kill him. He's born into the chaos of having to flee his home and become a refugee. He's born into the chaos of an unjust judicial system that puts him through a kangaroo court and sends him to the cross. He goes through the chaos of death and he defeats it by rising again so that he could be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. There is no other God like Jesus there is no other. So let's worship him. Let me pray. Father, we give you thanks that you have given us the greatest gift of all, King Jesus. And so we give you thanks and praise, and we pray that you would, this Christmas season, turn our attention, turn our hearts toward him, the one who entered into the chaos for us, so that we might be reconciled to you. And we ask this in his name. Amen.